As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, welcome to another edition of the Standing Room Only Podcast. Yes, I am Ben Standing and I cover the Washington football team for The Athletic. It's not often that I have the guests join me at the top, but I don't consider this guy a guest. He's part of the family. Um, and an unpaid part who's willing to keep coming on this podcast. I don't take that uh, lightly. He is uh, Matthew Paris with the Washington Times. We're going to talk about the Washington football team. Uh, they finished their preseason last night, and we survived. Uh, we talked to Ron Rivera today, mostly not about the game, but about what's up next with the 53-player uh, roster due by Tuesday. So we'll get into all that here and more on the podcast. First off, though, Matthew um, we survived the game. Um, how are you feeling after living through that experience? Yeah, you know, I, I've seen better football games in my days, but I think I've also seen worse ones. <laughs> we're, we're hanging in there. Yeah, I mean, it was a, yeah, again, it's all relative. I'm not complaining relative to important things in life, but, you know, it was, uh, it was a, it was something. Uh, the, the, yeah. the, the, as they say, the bits in the press box, we're going fast and furious. And I, at one point I, I thought we were in like the fourth quarter. It was like just midway through the third. So it was a lot going on, but even like Ron Rivera, I don't think really cared to talk too much about the game. He basically said, uh, you know, all he cared about was basically guys not getting hurt. That's why he didn't play essentially any of the starters and a couple other guys. Um, it was a chance to see the backups and we'll get into that because he did say a couple of interesting things about how many spots he viewed were essentially open prior to, the game and then how many he thinks were open after the game so we'll get into that and talk a little bit more about who we have on the 53 he, uh, we'll do that here on the the standard room only podcast which of course you can subscribe to on itunes spotify or wherever you do your podcasting also you can find my work on the athletic my new 53 is up uh go find that right now and uh, I'll, I'll just mention again the NFL agent survey, two parts did last week was a lot of fun as always to do that. Um, you can go check that out on there, by the way, there is a 50% offer uh, off offer on the subscription code right now, limited time, yada, yada. Uh, you know, the deal, go click on one of my stories to pick me and then go click. Don't, don't, don't pick anybody else. Go pick my story, click on the story and then get your deal. And of course you can also follow me on Twitter at Ben standing. Matt is at Matthew underscore Paris. And you go read him on the Washington Times. And he also has a podcast. I forget. What is the name of your podcast? Uh, the District of Sports. There you go. Um, 
it's better. It, I'm sure it's better than he's selling it. Matt's a shy guy. He's not, he's not going to pimp his stuff the way I am. So uh, go, go, go read him and go and go, um, uh, go listen to him. You can do, you can do both of those things. Um, all right. So I guess let's, let's get into some of this. So Ron Rivera did talk today. Like I said, I don't really think we need to discuss the game unless you, there's something compelling to get to, or maybe it'll come up here in this general conversation. Um, but yeah, they didn't play any of the starters. Uh, as far as we know, they didn't really have any, well, I shouldn't say they didn't have any injuries. Tory McTire went out with a possible concussion and then was ruled out for the game. Um, we'll see what that means. Obviously a concussion could be, you know, quick return. or It could be out for some time. I have no idea. Not going to speculate, but since he is one of those guys, I had him on the good side of the bubble, but at the same point, you know, it, 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 if he were to be out for some exp- ex- extended time, that could, that could change things. But beyond that, um, you know, Ron Rivera talked about um, a lot of different things today. Um, one of the topics, and I'm trying to pull up the quote here. Um, give me a second on that. So basically, one of the things he talked about, Matt, was the idea of that how many spots were available going into the game. I guessed made it on my list the other day for the on the website, eight spots, 21 people. But like eight spots, I'm including like DeShazer Everett. You know, I'm including some guys that maybe really aren't there, but I was just like, all right, let me, you know, got to sort of go through this thought process. He said eight players that were on that, were, were, were on that list, but then he said two more sprung open. Well, oh, what? I'm sorry, four players. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Don't, don't mind me. Four, he said four players, four spots were open. And then he thought two more probably opened up during the game, which is you can't feel great if you think you might have been one of those guys. Um, what did you make of that? Uh, and, and like, if you had to sort of guess on sort of where he's, where do you think some of those spots would be? What would you, uh, what would your best guesses be? Yeah, you know, I, I think the spot that jumps out is kind of the defensive line. Fair has talked about for a while now wanting some of these young guys to pop. They obviously didn't bring in a veteran to replace Ryan Kerrigan after letting him walk. They drafted. William Bradley King and Shaka Tony, they've each had their moments in camp, but in terms of production in the games, I don't know if it's really been there. Um, James Smith Williams is hurt right now. Casey Hill's hurt. So they're just a lot, kind of a lot of spots on the defensive line behind the stars that they have. You're talking about maybe two or, or three spots that are kind of still up in the air, maybe just one. Um, but yeah, I, I would go there. Cornerback is another position that, I think has some uncertainty, especially with McTire's concussion, but you know, Danny Johnson had a nice night too. It looked like, you know, he, he's really pop flying around on special teams. He's was their kick returner. Jarrett Patterson didn't get really any run there. So yeah, I would say cornerback defensive and receiver we've all talked about, but uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting night from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the ones you hit are good. The defensive line is is an interesting one to say the least. I mean, we went, you know, it's been it's funny to like look at the journey, you know, from the moment we knew that Ryan Kerrigan wasn't coming back. I, I certainly was of the opinion. I, it was like it was similar last year with tight end. I kept waiting them to go out and draft one or do more than sign Logan Thomas, who at that point obviously was a completely unproven piece. Obviously, they didn't need to do more. Um, per se, although you could argue they could have drafted somebody at some point for the backup perspective, but it never did. It worked out with Logan Thomas. Same thing here that, that we know they're moving on from Ryan Kerrigan. They have nothing but 
unproven pieces behind Chase Young and Montez Sweat, Martin Mayhew, as I recall, even talked somewhere around the draft or free agency that they, they would look to bring in a veteran, and maybe they did look, but they ultimately didn't bring any in. And the, and the pieces they had were two second-year players in Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams and two rookies in Shaka Tony and William Bradley King. Um, you know, if you want to say Daniel Wise, who was a, a roster piece, who I think that's decent things got in the mix as well. That's fine. But like everything I just said, nobody there is, you know, collectively, what, what did I just say? That's uh, two or three years of NFL experience. I mean, there's not much there to work with. And not a lot of these guys did a ton in, in, in camp. Like you said, there'd be a moment or two here and there. Be like, Ooh, Shaka Tony's in the backfield. And I think Casey two Hill was decent early in camp, but then he's been out. I don't think he, right. He didn't play in the whole preseason with his lingering toe injury. And I don't know. And it's interesting. Like when you look at the, how many spots are now open question. And he said from four now to maybe six. So you ask yourself, well, what does that mean? I think you may be right to say that the defensive line was a question because the Ravens look, it was the Ravens starters against Washington's backups for the beginning. And then backups against backups for a lot. I mean, they got run over. I mean, they couldn't stop them at all. And we can sit here and say preseason, whatever, but ultimately, you know, you got to do something. And, uh, you know, the all 20, I don't have access to the all 22. So I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say, I studied that, but obviously there's something to be said for that. And the, you know, look, uh, you know, I'm looking what everybody on our beat is writing from these uh, 53 player projections, the defensive line, there's definitely a lot of differences. Um, there's also David Bada. I didn't mention, I don't think he's going to be kept because he's on the international pathway program, which means they don't have to actually do anything. They can just kind of leave him around and he can just be, he doesn't count towards the 53. So there's no real reason for them to put him on the roster unless he's uh, going to play, which, you know, that doesn't seem likely based on what they have. So put him on the side. Um, there's a lot of different ways to go. I think you and I were saying this before. I have William Bradley King and two Hill as my eighth and ninth. Um, I, I just two Hill. I, I think they like him. And e even if they put him on IR Wednesday, then it means they can bring it back later in the year. And you know, that, that depth is not a bad thing. And it's worth probably risking any of the other guys because look, two seventh round picks, and, you know, so I think that's a worthy risk to take you. I think I don't know if I'm allowed to break the news here because you, you're still working on your story, but you, you have you're, you're leaning towards Shaka Tony as your eighth guy, right? I do. I think he's just a little bit more explosive than William Bradley King. William Bradley King has had some nice um, deflections and his length is pretty good. But I think Tony's speed stands out a little bit more. Two Hill's interesting, but, you know, if he's exposed to waivers and stuff like are teams really going to claim him if he has a toe injury? Like maybe the injury works in Washington's favor in this case, maybe a team kind of holds off, but, and then they can add him uh, on the practice squad. So, you know, I, I kind of like Tony for that spot, but who knows I, I remember a few years ago, Anthony Lanier got released like right at like the 53 man was set. Anthony Lanier made it. And then, like, two days later, they cut him for Caleb Brantley because uh, he came available. So you never know, like, what other moves are going to happen around the league. They're paying attention to this sort of stuff. Rivera was talking about today about how they get a list on Monday from the personnel department of all these guys who could be released when they talk about them and prepare for various scenarios. So, you know, I do expect the roster to change here and there on the margins uh, a little bit. We just don't know our positions just yet. I mean, you just mentioned 
uh, Anthony Lanier and Caleb Brantley, it's a good reminder that so much of what we're talking about is relative minutiae. But as people who listen to me t- go on Fred Katz's Wizards After Dark podcast or have heard me talk about it here, I, I often talk about very niche stuff and the importance of it. And Fred makes fun of me to some degree on that podcast to the point we've made like all, we've made an entire bit about it. But at the same point, it's these little things that do ultimately matter. Sure, we, we're talking about guys at the back of the roster or on the practice squad. I mean, Cam Sims was one of those guys, and you know he was the star. He was a starting receiver for them in the playoffs last year, and he's a you know guy who Rivera kept out of the game last night as a sign that he's going to be around of a, a value, a valued piece. That's a long way to go, but with that, that's how this worked up. You went from the practice squad, um, you know, to 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 that spot, and. Um, you know, I mean, even just like a guy like Kyle Allen, it didn't happen here, but he was right undrafted. He's started a bunch of games in the NFL. That you, 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 you have the, the pieces on the margins. It isn't just the individual pieces; it's the process that you have to find the pieces, and that's why these things are important. Even if, as again, as a reminder, Anthony Lanier went, was like, "Oh, he's interesting too." Okay, it never, it never actually happened. You just keep working it until you figure it out. I'm not going to sit here and say, "Matt, you're wrong." It's going to be William Bradley King over Shaka Tony. You know. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's what's the opposite of recency bias old bias uh, because it felt like William Bradley King for me early on kind of popped and then you're right maybe it you know I don't know it doesn't feel like we've been thinking about him as much I mean Daniel Wise is somebody that actually was noticing more um, down the stretch of train of practices and David Bada is the one who had a sack last night also uh, Boonma Rotoni Rotini oh yeah yeah, he also had a sack. I'm not imagining that he makes the roster, but I could imagine maybe the practice squad. He, you know, he, the point is, like, I, I don't know. But ultimately, this is the, the, the game here is what players do you think you will lose for in uh, on waivers? What positions are most important to you? Where do you need depth? And so on. And that's the thing, like, as much as we might say, wow, all these young players – look good you know we're again we're talking about a bunch of seventh round picks or two seventh round picks in this case and casey two hill was a guy they picked up off waivers last year so i don't think their world's going to end it one way or the other depending on what they do but I, I, some sense that two hill might be back relatively soon we'll see injuries have been burned we've all been burned before and guessing these things so we'll see how that goes um i went with though with nine defensive linemen and doing so i basically left out a 10th offensive lineman um, I, I've long said that I would keep David Sharp as my 10th offensive lineman just because the tackle position is so important. The, it, you know, there is the extra game in the season this year. They traded for him last year. He he ended up starting at least what one game at least last year. So, but but he missed a lot of time with COVID. Uh, he's out with the COVID protocol this year. I don't know whatever he was on the list. So um, that's kind of taken him off the radar a bit for me. It wouldn't stun me at all though if he sticks instead of either that ninth defensive lineman or a seventh receiver that both of us I think we're going to have we quibble on the seventh but I think we're both gonna have like that could absolutely happen and that's the one move that will keep me up at night if I get that one wrong but um but you know it is what it is um what was your like uh, your I think you're still somewhat formulating your final thing but just as you've been thinking about it like what is there one thing that you're kind of uh still Wang, and, and if you want, I'll, I'll let you ponder that just to say uh, on my last one, the, the switch I made was I took out Peyton Barber and Shaka Tony and put in Casey Tuhill and Troy Apke. I, I, I hear the applause and the Apke thing. I get it. 
Um, but I mean, Rivera's talked about his special teams play. He had a good play in special teams last night. I, I just think that's the thing. It, you know, yes, he bombed as a safety. That's not what we're talking about. That 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 version of Trey Apke is not here anymore. We're just focusing on this other thing, and he can play special teams and 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 some secondary if need be. So that was my sort of end decision. What what about uh, what about for you? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Uh, I keep going back and forth on the receivers thing. I mean, like last week I did a article about guys on the bubble predicting whether they were in and out and I had Dax uh, Milne off, but I think he's going to make it as the seventh receiver now, you know, here it's pretty rare for risk, like for Washington historically to keep seven receivers. I couldn't tell you the last time they did that off the top of my head. But I looked around earlier today to see, all right, how many teams last year kept seven receivers and it was eight of them. Uh, that's like a quarter of the league. So uh, I think that's becoming more and more important as teams value receivers. Ben, we were talking off air about just how many good receivers are in the league now and, and got and teams wanting to protect their guys. And I, I think the reason to keep Dax would be for punt returning purposes. I think he would be the punt returner one of the unfortunate things about last night's game is they were so bad that the punt return in unit didn't really get a chance to return punts. Like, you know, they only fielded two punts. One went out of bounds. Another was fair caught. And um, Dax was ahead of DeAndre Carter there. So you know, DeAndre Carter, kind of like the, the same thing you're talking about with Brad, Will, William Bradley King, right? Like started pretty strong, faded off uh, toward the end here. And, He's just not really a part of the offense either anymore. And it, it feels like, you know, you want that punt returner thing, but um, Milne can, you know, catch catches from the slot, uh, from the slot and, and he's a little bit more versatile, I think, than Carter, but he's worth the upside. I think. Yeah, no, that's a great, it's a great comparison to the same thing. Um, I mean, I, you know, l- listeners here will, will recall, I mean, my take, early in camp was this is simple keep none of them if none of them there's no don't keep seven receivers it's it's an, it's you don't need all that um it's too much of that position as, as matt pointed out even if it's maybe more teams did that last year he might have thought it's still not uh, mo- the vast majority didn't do that um it, it's not it, it's not it's not necessarily a good asset allocation um and so then just whichever one clears waivers put them on the practice squad the first two weeks you get the free the free uh move up from the practice squad, pick one of them to be the punt returner by week three, when you have to either release the player or, or, or have the player clear waivers or put them on the 53. Um, somebody will have gotten hurt by then, or you'll decide that somebody can go. 
and you can do that. That would be the easy way to do for me. That would mean probably keeping David Sharp done. But that's, you know, that's one of those things I say out loud and some actual executive is like, could be like, are you serious? What do you, we got tinfoil hat on? Like what's going on? Uh, I think it makes sense. But anyway, so I didn't do that. I went with the seventh guy. Um, also, I guess it's worth noting. I mean, Curtis Samuel's still hurt, right? I mean, I we we can keep saying he'll be back any minute. Well, actually, we're not saying it. That's what they've been saying to us. Yeah. We'll see. There is still two weeks to go before the season starts, so there's time. But you know, there, it is confusing. So, um, I went with DeAndre Carter primarily because one, the early bias. Now that we're, I can come up with a better term than that. The uh, the, the initial bias. What have you done for me before, Lee? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's that, and with Dax Mill, I, I think he's been really interesting. He had a really nice catch last night. I, I think he's been pretty interesting, and I could imagine that they might say, "Hey, you know, he's potentially our new slot guy next year when Adam Humphrey's contract is up." Um, but all that said, you know, he was the penultimate pick in the draft. Logically, they should be able to clear him through waivers. Every there, there's so many, so much deep, uh, so many receivers in this league now that are interesting. I think most teams have a guy like Dax Mill. I would think he would clear waivers, but you know, it is it is part of the. Uh, part of the debate um for sure here's something else rivera said today by the way I, i'm 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 failing as being a as being an entertaining or or uh a, a good podcast host in the sense that if i've yet to invoke the names jared patterson or samus reyes if we're going to have a debate over the 53 like these are names you just have to throw out there like chum um jared patterson i've long said is going to make the team i mean he was a little bit shaky last night with the um dropped, dropped a couple passes um, and maybe that changes their mind about what to do with Peyton Barber. I'm assuming, well, I shouldn't say changes their mind. Maybe I don't know what their mind is, but I took Barber off mine. I went with the three backs. Maybe they say, Hey, we like Patterson, but you know, if we really have to use them, how much can we trust them? Maybe they decide they got to go Barber. But in any event, Reyes, I think is still more interesting for some people. I have him on. Um, but, um, yeah. but, but, you know, I think for others, it's maybe Wait. a little more questionable. I, I think he's on pretty decently, but what do you think? Can we have a, a? This is your podcast, so I don't mean to hijack. But can we have the Peyton Barber conversation real fast? Go for it. So, the the logic goes, not picking at you, just in general for keeping him off. The logic goes: All right, week two, they give Gibson the fourth and one. Gibson doesn't make it. Barber's on, and then next week, Barber only uh, twelve carries or twelve yards on four carries. Then he's off. Three yards per carry is what he averaged last year. That's actually slightly better. I mean, I get that there's the Patterson equivalent here, but isn't it just like Peyton Barber is kind of who he is. He just is a short yard guy. You need him to get a yard. He'll get you a yard. And if you need him to get you a three or four, he'll get you a yard or two. Like, you know, that old cliche. It's just, I don't know. I, I could see him it's not necessarily worth keeping him around. It's just more so like the, all right, do you need a short yardage guy or not? Because if you don't think Antonio Gibson can do it, then it doesn't really matter whether Peyton Barber struggled last night or not. I mean, that's just kind of who he is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the fact that they gave Gibson the short yardage snaps in week two said to me, they really would like to get rid of Peyton Barber because that's, the whole point of that role his role would be that thing i mean yes he helps in some special teams and he'd catch a pass but essentially he would be around for that so if they're giving gibson 
those snaps, they're trying to figure out how to move them, move away. Now, granted, Gibson didn't really succeed in that spot. Therefore, maybe that's a reason to keep Barber. And I wouldn't say that Garrett Patterson at five foot seven is a candidate to be the short yardage guy either. And neither would be JD McKissick. So, you know, you're kind of limited, but I, I guess I would just be like, look, I got to have to, you know, trust that Gibson can work it out. And again, it's not even so much Barber per se. It's like, what else do you, do you need? Ultimately you're right though. It is, it, it is, a, it's sort of a, uh, what, what, what do they call little kids who have blankets, blankies? What, what are they? Uh, uh, I don't know. I'm young, but not that young. Well, I don't know, whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll get Pete Haley on the phone and ask him. <laughs> I don't know. Just kidding. Uh, um, uh, whatever, you know, security blanket around, like, it would be like that. Like, like they, Ron Rivera decides, I don't feel, I can't sleep at night if I don't have, the third one guy on the roster and they keep him. But other than that, I just think that there's other better, there are better ways to use uh, to maximize the roster. You know, I, I think that Peyton Barber, I don't know that there's like some massive clamoring for him. If he's made available, you may be able to put him on the practice squad. I'm not positive to be honest, if he has to clear waivers because he's been around the league for five years, you may not have to, you may just be a free agent, but we'll see. And also like Jonathan Williams is, is, is around, you know, for, for what we're talking about, I don't know that that guy couldn't get the job done. So in any event, um, it will stun me if he's on, but I, I put him, um, I put him uh, off. Um, just to go back to the, to the Samus Reyes kind of, kind of thing. Um, so Ron Rivera also said today, he was asked about, you know, how nervous he is about losing practice squad players to other teams, you know, putting a guy through waivers and then, you know, whatever. And he said, um, you know, look, he, he kind of explained a little bit that like, look, we, 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 you know, we don't just take, a, we don't just take a guess. We, we talk to other teams, other teams call us looking into, to, to players. We even said we read social media, which I guess that means like the equivalent of like reading us. Right. Um, you know, what are the, what are the people who are paying attention to this team? What are they speculating? And so on. Um, I, I, I will just say that like, so, so Rivera in that conversation says that, um, quote we've had uh he said okay the scuttlebutt that you hear about people inquiring about people on your roster you've had one player in particular you've had a couple of teams that just basically reached out to some people that we know and they said hey l- hey look that they've asked about your guy they want to know if he's going to make your 53 so that's helpful and so on um you know i can't speak to who he's talking about but i can say and i've reported this on here and i wrote about it the other day like i, I i've heard that uh, from th- that some teams are, you know, Samus Reyes is somebody they're keeping an eye on. And I think that's the thing. Like when I, sometimes I think the conversation about Samus Reyes is false because it's too much of the focus is on how is he going to help this year? He is not a 2021 player. That's not really the point. The point is long haul. What does he do for you? Can he, do you think he, he can develop into something? And if you do a guy who has played, never played football before until a few months ago, that's what you're looking at. And I think he's shown enough to think that there's reason to keep him around. Plus there's not that much else happening. And like I said, I don't think he has a chance of getting through waivers. I mean, what do I know? But I would say he probably doesn't have much of a chance. Some bottom feeder team will say, sure, we'll, we'll take a shot. And again, a team could sign him and then throw him on the, who knows? He, you know, gets a hanging nail. He goes on, or, you know, like whatever. So I think he stays one, because I think there's some intrigue there locally. And two, I don't think he's got any chance of getting through waivers. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it kind of reminds me of a few situations. Like you look at Julius Thomas, the former tight end in Denver. He took a couple of years to develop before he really hit his stride. And he was awesome for that Broncos team in 2013. 
And then uh, Maui Ali Cox, the VCU product for the Colts, he took another few years to develop. Both obviously were college basketball players. But the other guy here is kind of also reminds me of his Donald Parham, who was here for a hot second in training camp two years ago. And now he's with the Chargers. And, you know, they lost Hunter Hunt. Hunter Henry in the offseason and now Parham if things break right maybe he could be the Chargers number one tight end and he seems like he's developed quite nicely he has size like Reyes does and so you know who knows if the ceiling is as high for Reyes as those guys I mentioned but it is worth keeping him around to see if you can develop him because another thing with this offense too is you know they talk about wanting to be multiple and run all these different formations and sets but Scott Turner loves him some 11 personnel, and that's just keeping one tight end. And it's going to be very Logan Thomas heavy. And so, you know, you, you drafted John Bates. I just don't think, like, I think Ricky Seals Jones is a nice player. He's had some nice, mo- he's had some nice moments in camp. But, you know, it, I think it's worth trying to see what Reyes um, turns into rather than just keeping Seals Jones around or yeah, I mean, Seals Jones is a guy that, like, if you need help, could do something. But like, I'm not gonna lose sleep. No disrespect to a guy with a fun with a fun last name. I'm not gonna lose sleep if put him on waivers and he doesn't make it through. Um, it would be a bit of a risk to have two rookie tight ends, one who has zero experience behind a starting tight end who is not really a tight end historically. That's not a lot going on at that position. And for what it's worth, you know, part of my issue with Peyton Barber is. If, if Antonio Gibson were to go out, I mean, it's not like Peyton Barber can just fill in on the early downs and they would have a problem there. They really have a problem if Logan, if uh, Logan Thomas goes out. I mean, that's a, that, that, that's a big, that's a big time problem. So, uh, but whatever you can't, you can't, you can't fix all these problems. So um, yeah, in any event, I think Samus Reyes is in, I already mentioned Patterson is in, but uh, we'll see. Uh, So a reminder to Tuesday, four o'clock, the roster has to be down to 53. There will be a press conference out at Washington that day, uh, Rivera, um, and so on, uh, telling us what's going on. Um, but we'll have a better, we'll have a sense before all that happens anyway. Um, before we get out of here, let, let's just go back to some big picture because we, we just talked about a bunch of fringy stuff. Everybody we just talked about, for the most part, maybe doesn't have any real impact on this season this year. The season is about Chase Young and Deron Payne and about Landon Collins and about Terry McLaurin and Gibson and, of course, what happens at quarterback and in, in, in all that. And, um, you know, we've just gone through a month of training camp after going, after seeing OTAs and all that, and it can get a little mind numbing after a while, the, the, you know, you see a lot of repetitive stuff and, you know, you start getting focused on a lot of the minutia, the day-to-day stuff. And then you kind of pull back and like, Oh yeah, there's actually a season about to happen. And the question somebody's going to ask me effectively is what do you think is going to happen? So, I guess I was thinking, well, maybe we should just sort of discuss that really quick with one question being, what is something that you've changed your opinion on since the start of camp when we, we, I I told Matt we were going to ask this before we started and we both were like, oh, I have no idea. Uh, I still don't. I'm going to let you go first because I still need to think about this uh, unless I'm being rude to you, but I figure you're smart. You're you're a little sharper than me. Do you have a... uh, do you have a uh, thought as to uh, something could be a player, could be the team, whatever it is, something that you've changed your mind on since uh, camp started? It's player, but also like it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, I was pretty high on the signing and I think he's still 
you know, I don't think he's going to be terrible or anything like that. I just think he'll raise the offense's ceiling to average. You know, I would be really surprised if even if we're going in by DVOA standards, like if this is a, a top, if they're within the top 15 or anything like that, you know, we talk about all these weapons they brought in and is Terry McLaurin taking another jump? Logan Thomas, is he going to be a number one tight end? Like all these things that we kind of talk about, I still think, you know, we there's the Fitz magic and then there's the Fitz tragic. And we've seen some moments in camp. It's not just the games where you see, you go, oh my God, like what was that? I mean, we've seen a lot of bad quarterback play here uh, over the past few years. And I think it, it's a noticeable upgrade from that. I'm not trying to lump Fitzpatrick in with uh, some of the other guys who have been here, but I just think, I, you know, average offense above average defense again, and where that pans out, I think, you know, maybe the same record. I think they can still compete for the NFCs. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think that's a good one. I mean, uh, I was optimistic on Fitzpatrick like you, just for no other reason that wow, he should be better than what they had, and it's that's still feels like the case. But watching it in practice, uh, play out, and then a little bit in the games, yeah, I mean, you can see why uh, he has not always been given a starting job. And obviously, we've talked a lot about this nonsense about there was going to be a quarterback competition. Told you guys from the moment day one that was never a real thing and it played out to be never a real thing the irony is if it had been a real thing if taylor heineke had actually put forth together a decent camp i don't know what would have happened it's not to say fitzpatrick was terrible it's just to say he wasn't like so good that like it would be inconceivable and plus because you know already the ups and downs are coming that maybe you know having something a little more stable or something with more upside whatever you want to look at would it would it would have been interesting it didn't happen um, and Fitzpatrick will be uh, the the starter. Um, obviously, could you imagine like reporting that, that he was a starter as if that was like news? It's ridiculous. Um, anyway, so there's that. Okay, now you did the one. I have to do one. I still don't even know what I'm going to say while I'm here. I get. I guess I'll just say this. I'll lean into this. You know, I was. I'm sure at some point in during the offseason, I wrote, "Well, there's no reason, real reason to bring Troy Apke back." Um, you know, bombed at safety. It's just not going to work out here. You know, I get the special teams thing; it's not going to work out. But then they moved to the cornerback, and you know, he, I'm not suggesting he's been Daryl Green or anything. Um, but he's been okay. And you see, you see the Matt shaking his head like, yeah, define <laughs> define okay. Yeah, yeah, oh, okay. I just by okay, I guess I just mean he's he's, he's still working, walking, chew gum, kind of kind of okay. Um, but more specifically, it's you know, I've, I've used this before. You got to stop viewing him as the fourth round pick who bombed at safety and start viewing him as a special teams guy, like a Jared Norris or a Jordan Kanasik or whomever you want to be your special teams guy is. And just say, this is why he is here. DeShazer Everett, um, you know, that type of guy, that's why he's here. And I do think over time watching him day in and day out in practice, I just think that he's probably put himself, it, it, I think he's very close. I put him on the roster. I really like Danny Johnson. It wouldn't surprise me if Tory McTyre were to be out, if they felt for a while. It could be Daryl Roberts because he's more of the conventional cornerback of that group. If they decide we need to get somebody else, that could be a, a, a thing. And by the way, for what it's worth, I've said before, like I, I, Jimmy Moreland is safe as far as I can see, but he did play last night. He wasn't ruled out by as one of the safe guys. And I don't know what his, his role feels like. It's a bit diminished 
uh, because of with Kendall Fuller looking more like he's going to play more in the slot with the, with the Buffalo nickel thing with cam curl there. And so on. So we'll see about that, but uh, you know, I, I'll give Troy Apke credit in the sense, or I'll give both, I'll give everybody involved credit for the Troy Apke thing in that it would have been easy for that just to be reactionary and say, nah, he's got to go. He's out. They said, okay, what do we have? This is sort of the, the thing with the Steven Montez Taysom Hill thing that never quite happened, though Steven Montez did play some special teams throughout camp because they were, it's the same thing. Like you have this thing. We don't know what to do with it. it in conventional terms, he's not going to make this team. What can, what do we have here? What can we do to maximize the situation with Apke? There is the special teams component. Um, I think that uh, I, I think some team might pick him up in that for that reason. So this is not nearly, it's not that as interesting as you picking the quarterback. But I just think it was sort of a symbol, symbol, symbolic, emblematic, symbolic. I don't know what I'm saying, of of the idea of like looking at your pieces. What do we have? How do we maximize the situation? Let's not let's react and just say throw him out because he was bad at this one thing. We like some of the stuff he can do. What do we what do we do to make it better? So that's what that's what I'm going with that one. Yeah, you know, I think it kind of just boils down to if you need Troy Apke to actually play cornerback in a game you're kind of screwed to begin with and so you know just keep him around for the special teams things like Rivera referred to him as an ace and he said that those are very hard to find and he's dead on the money I think what's we really want to go into weeds here what's interesting is the other gunner besides Apke is Danny Johnson so I don't know who would fill that spot and, and and that's why I, again this is just me pure speculation not reporting and not no no nothing but like that's why the Jimmy Moreland thing is so interesting if you thought Tory McTire who had played really well Matt Paris's uh, scouting led to this uh, led to this that um, you know you've got uh, William Jackson who's been banged up in camp you've got Benjamin St. Juice you got Kendall Fuller you have McTire if you think that Apke and Danny Johnson are worth keeping or maybe Daryl Roberts. Uh, either the first two guys for special teams or Robert for playing corner, but you can't keep them all. Could you trade Moreland for something? Maybe there's something to be said for that. Again, I go just to, not to go back to another tangent, but like the point of last year, the thing I wrote about Ryan Anderson trading him was because what played out played out. He was here. He didn't play. They let him go for nothing. So no, I, you know, this is called vision. You look ahead and you think to yourself, okay, what do I do to maximize this piece? I mean, obviously I'm not saying they, they could have traded him for even a seventh ultimately. Cause that didn't, they didn't do it. They, or they thought they could keep him, but sort of the same principle here. If you think we have this piece that has some value, but it's not going to be as valuable for us at any position, but just I'm using more as an example. And we have these other things we kind of like, I don't know. Is it worth trading a guy teams around this league need cornerbacks, the New Orleans saints among them. Um, could you trade Jimmy Moreland for somebody, get get somebody back, and then keep two guys that you are also like? I'm just not saying that they will do that. I'm saying that's the type of thing that, like, for this very niche stuff that I care about, this is the stuff that matters. How this is how you maximize what you have and you incrementally build up your uh, your team. Um, last question for uh, for Matt Paris. I'm sure we'll probably maybe even talk before the season starts, but in case we don't, the season is in two weeks. Um, you know, we'll assume that they don't have any other injuries and the, the, the roster is no major roster surprises and so on. Has your outlook of this team going into the year changed at all since, I guess, you know, basically since, uh, since camp or, or if not change at all, like what is your outlook at this point? Or what, you know, if somebody says, Matt Paris, what's going to happen this year? What do you tell them? 
Yeah, you know, kind of going back to what I said before about average uh, offense, above average defense, I think there's going to be some regression just because repeating as an elite defense every year is very hard. They face better uh, quarterbacks, but, man, I love this defense. It, it's really good in certain spots. The, the defensive line, just how it is with their stars, is it, really good. I think the safeties are a real bright spot right now, and I – don't know if I've said that. I've been on the beat four years. Or, you definitely have not said that unless it was being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I actually think there's some there's some really good safety play here. I kind of like the cornerbacks. I like the versatility with Kendall Fuller in the slot and St. Juice and William Jackson on the outside. So, you know, I, I think that unit is going to be really good again. Um, and and so yeah, you know, I think I was of the opinion like a couple months ago that the Cowboys, this is their division to lose and, and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I think with Dak Prescott's injury, who knows what's going on there. I, I kind of think, kind of like Washington's chances to repeat or be right in it to the end to repeat. I, you know, I, I'm not discounting. I think I was maybe less high on Washington a, a few months ago than I am now. But yes. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things working against Washington. You mentioned just sort of the idea of repeating. Yeah, they were seven and nine, but obviously they finished strong and they have the harder schedule accordingly. And that harder schedule means all these really good teams they got to play and all these really good quarterbacks. I mean, just go all, look at their schedule through the Tampa Bay game. And was that week 10, 11? It is insane. The quarterbacks they, they have to face. And by the time they get the division, the bulk of the division games late in the year, they could have a terrible record and yet still be in it because of the fact that they have their last five games against or against the division opponents. It's sort of ironic. I feel like if the defense lives up to the hype and is a top five defense and will keep you in games, you ironically would want some sort of a game manager. I mean, if you didn't have one of the, one of the top quarterbacks, it would almost be better to have sort of that game manager to not screw it up, you know, to be able to effectively move the ball, but like not turn the ball over a lot, i.e. an Alex Smith. Instead, they have the literal opposite in Ryan Fitzpatrick. And ultimately, I think on some level, it's going to come down to not just what he does, but how do they try to, you know, offset the tendencies he's going to have to uh, throw the ball over the place. You know, that comes to play calling or what have you. Um, it's going to be interesting to see um, for sure. So we'll see how that how that goes I, I i would honestly say at this point i'm still where i was before you could tell me nine and eight you could tell me eight nine i i, I couldn't I, I i don't know we'll just have to see um it's been a weird off season in that sense like i just don't feel like the, the needle has moved a lot for better or for worse but once the games get real we'll have a better feel for that by the way we didn't mention dustin hopkins um who uh, uh matt just gave me a look like really who cares no, <laughs> just just a shrug. It is what it is. Yeah, anyway. yeah, it is what it is. I am surprised they didn't bring in somebody at some point, but even if for no other reason, like Ron Ray, he kicked the fifty. What was the first kick he missed? Fifty-five. Fifty-five, and Rivera said that they, he was told that was a few yards past his range. In this day and age, if you're a field goal kicker and fifty something is a few yards past your range, it feels like forget the missing. It just feels like you might want something who's got more leg. But in any event, um, yeah. No other court, no other kicker. Dustin Hopkins is his job for now. Um, all right. Anything else, Matt, before you need to get off your chest? Anything else to uh to to discuss? Anything? Uh no. No, thanks for having me as always. It's a blast. All right. Go follow Matt on Twitter at Matthew underscore Paris. 
P-A-R-A-S. Read them at the Washington Times. Uh, again, go read me at The Athletic. We've got a deal, 50% off. The subscription, Rayco, click on uh, whatever. We've got a new 53, my agent survey, whatever you got, and then go in that way. But that is it for now. More podcasts to come. We'll, I'll have one up Tuesday night after Washington is down to 53 players. Um, and uh, I've got a couple good guests already in the can, and I'll play those interviews when we get going here. So excited for that. But that's it for now. Until next time. See ya. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.